You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. The Bible teaches us in the book of 1 Corinthians 15 that the first Adam was a living soul, but that the last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. When we are connected to Christ Jesus, His divine nature has become our nature. Amen? His ability has become our ability. When you are connected to Christ, things are about to change. Amen? Your life can never, ever be the same. I want to say thank you to those that are Connect Group leaders, that are allowing people to connect to your home so that you can share the Word of God. It's not just coming to church, but to be involved, to be a participator. Amen? Church is not a crowd. Church is a community. The church is the reservoir of God's power. So you want to be connected to a living church. Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, be connected to a living church. So do you know what that means? That means you have to be submitted and committed in a church to really enjoy the fullness of a church. Amen. You know, you walk into a building like this. I want to say thank you to our ushers and our stasis and every department, media, children's church, the things that you don't see. When you come to a church service and you experience all these wonderful things, and it's for free, but it's costing somebody. Somebody is making a sacrifice. Amen? The Holy Spirit is free, but it costs Jesus Christ his life. So always come ready, not just to receive, but come ready to be a participator, to be a blessing as well. Can I have at least a few amens? Amen. Yes, if you, the Dead Sea only has water flowing into it, but nothing flowing out. We're not just here to receive, we're here to give as well. Amen. When God anoints us, it's for a purpose. It's to help and it's to be a blessing. When you look at Acts 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. So the purpose of the anointing, the purpose when God empowers you, when God gives you strengths and abilities, it's to do good. Who went about doing good and healing All who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Amen? What are you doing with what God has you anointed you with? What are you doing with what God has empowered you with? More important, when you know that God has anointed you to do certain things, have you allowed the process to be developed, to be ready to do what God wants to do in you and through you? Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, You're going to have to trust the process. You know, even Jesus, the Son of God, went through a 30-year process. Many times today, people go to a conference, they experience the anointing, they experience the calling, and the next minute, they want to go and do it. Have you gone through the process? Would you allow somebody to operate on your knee or your toe? that assures you the whole weekend 
they've been on the internet researching how to do a surgery on a knee. Anybody would say, I trust you. But in the church, we do that. You might be born for greatness. But are you ready for greatness? Do you have the character for that greatness? Can you walk in that which God has called you to do? That takes preparation. I think you have to ask the question, do you know what God has called you to do? Do you understand your purpose? The plan that God has got for your life? Turn with me in your Bible to the book of 1 Samuel 16. God spoke a lot about, to us about the church from the life of David. So I love the David stories and I've preached a lot from them. But I want you to see something here this morning. 1 Samuel 16 verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I've rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. I've selected a king for myself among his sons. I mean, how long will you grieve over Saul since I've rejected him? There's a whole sermon just in that. What are you still mourning about, praying about what God has rejected? What is there in your life that you know God has rejected and you're still trying to hold on to it? You're mourning about it. There's a whole sermon just in that. You can say, Aina, if you don't want to say amen. Who if you've got some things in your life that you know God has rejected and said, this is now enough out of my life. Look at verse 16. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Saul did not obey God. And through that he was rejected. And now God is anointing David. What is there in your life that God has rejected? He says, enough of this. It's not part of what I've planned for you for the future. Let it go. Stop mourning about it. Stop praying about it. Stop fasting about it. Let it go. David here is anointed as king, oil running down in front of his brothers. Everybody sees it. But there's no crown on his head yet. The Bible says such a beautiful thing. When he was anointed, the Spirit of God remained with him. When God has empowered you to do something, do everything to protect God's presence in your life. Saul had everything, but he lost it because of his disobedience. Many dreams are destroyed upon the rocks of disobedience. It's so sad to think that the price of disobedience is so much higher 
Think about the garden. Adam and Eve, their disobedience, getting kicked out. Whereas they just been obedient and do what they were supposed They would have just stayed in the garden and enjoyed God's presence. We have to get to a place of maturity. Can I talk to young people with young dreams, big dreams? When God has anointed you and called you to do things, go through the process. Turn to the person next to you and say, appreciate the process. Turn to the person on the other side and say, value the process. We have to get to a place of maturity so that we can discern between what is good and what is evil. Especially in the day that we are living today. Right has become wrong and wrong has become right. But the Bible says solid food is for the mature. Solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses strained to discern between good and evil. Practice. I don't like that word practice. Exercise. Because as soon as you think about that, it involves pain. Can I say something? When Jesse knew that Samuel had come, he called all his sons, but he forgot about David. Can you imagine? He says, call all your sons. Forgets about David. David was the eighth son. Eight means covenant. Samuel did not anoint all of the sons. He only anointed David. There's a message just in that. The anointing that God has placed upon our lives is not for everybody. The anointing that God has placed upon a household of Christ is for a household of Christ. People can come and experience it, and we have miracle service every second week, and they can come and experience what God is doing, the grace that God has given us. But there's a whole sermon just in that, that God has anointed us for a purpose. Can I say that? God has anointed us as pastors of household of Christ. You need to tap into that anointing to be able to appreciate it. God has called us for a household of Christ. And if you've walked with us the 20 years, you'll see how many times we are on a Sunday here. Not going to other places, but here. That's the grace of God. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I love my church. Turn to the person else and say, I love my church. Let me tell you something. That's a special grace that God has given us. We've had many opportunities to minister at many places. But God said, focus here. This anointing is for you here to help the people here, to build here, because God was doing something very unique. Amen? Just watch it the next five to ten years what God is going to do. For 20 years, God was hiding us. 20 years, God was hiding us. Now He said, I'm taking the arrow out of the quiver so I can shoot and do what I have to do. Amen? So get ready, get ready, amen. Only David got anointed that day, not his brothers. When you get anointed, it's one of the most fragile and sensitive times in your life because you know what you are supposed to do, what you're anointed for. David was anointed to be king, but the only thing running off his head is oil, no crown. 
And that causes frustration in people's lives when you know what God has called you to do, but you don't see the end result yet. The anointing service, oil, goosebumps, liver shivers. I know God gave me a prophetic picture. It's not what happens on the day you get anointed. That's important. What do you do the next day that the Holy Spirit remains with you? What did David do? He went back to the pastures. The only things that was aware of the oil running down was the sheep. Him on his own. If when you are called, when you're anointed, there'll be a place where you're on your own and you're the only person that believes that you are called. When you get to that place, God is busy shaping you and forming you. He's anointed, but not yet appointed. But that anointing starts to work in his life on his own when nobody can seize him. He worships God. And he's starting to write number one hits. And nobody even knows about it. I'm tempted to sing, but I don't want to turn this message into a comedy show. But he starts to sing, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's the one that leads me beside still waters. He starts to write songs, the Lord is the light of my salvation, I shall not fear. The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? That anointing starts to work in him to be a victor. Starts to develop character on the inside. When God anoints you, it's not the end. There's a development process. Years ago in my 20s, the Lord showed me a vision of a fire burning upon and a fire burning within. And he said, the fire within is the character. The fire upon is the gift. This fire within must burn through the fire upon. Then you're ready to go out. Because then your gift will work out of and flow out of your character. But when your gift exceeds your character, you're an accident waiting to happen. It's like firing a cannon from a canoe. What happens? It's going to flip. Boop, boop. So somebody has got this big calling upon his life. Big preparation. Everybody wants to be discovered, but not everybody wants to be developed. The process is what prepares us for the greatness. David remains faithful in the field when nobody can see him. Being a shepherd helped him to be developed, trained to have a heart to look after God's sheep one day. His oil brings him into the palace, but he's not king yet. Oh my God, here's a sermon just in this. God will anoint you, take you to where he's going to use you, but you don't have the crown yet. That is a time of preparation to train a heart that will serve, because if you don't serve in that season, you'll always just want to be served. And God has called us to be servants. You don't have to say amen today. You can say aina as well. Go to verse 16. Let me show you this. 
David is anointed as king. He's writing the anointed songs. He's got the anointing where he's busy killing lions and bears. I mean, he's becoming a brave warrior. You can see God is with him, working in him, with him, and through him. Saul is being tormented by a demon. Verse 16, let our Lord now command your servants who are before you, let them seek a man who is a skillful player on the harp, and it shall come about when the evil spirit from God is on you that he shall play the harp with his hand, and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide for me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the young men said, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite who is skill, a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, one prudent in speech, and a handsome man, and the Lord is with him. He's at a place, he's anointed, he's going to be the next king, but he's using his oil to help others. He's using his oil to help others. He's using that anointing in his life to establish a routine. Because all godly men have got godly habits. Godly women have got godly habits. Everybody is looking for the best next thrill. But it takes time to develop godly habits. Looking after the sheep, going and seeing that the sheep is fine, it's a routine. Going to the palace to play, it's a routine. Being an armor bearer, it's a routine. Going to church every Sunday is a routine. What made David a great king was not the day he was anointed and the oil was running down his head. What made him a great king is what he started doing the next day. Going back and looking after the sheep. What makes a great marriage is not the wedding day. It's the routine from the next day. Can I have one amen? You need God's grace, God's anointing to be faithful year in and year out. We live in a world where people are looking for the next thrill. What's the next big thing? Where's the next big goosebumps? Where's the next? But can you just pitch up week in and week out? The king said to Daniel, the God whom you serve continually. What was his habit? Three times a day, he just went on his knees and he thanked God. That's a routine. That's a godly habit. You need God's grace, God's empowerment to remain faithful year in and year out. David showed up every time. You know what? If you want to grow in strength, show up every time. Be at the gym when you have to be there. When you want to grow spiritually, come to church. Connect to a connect group. Get connected. Serve in a department. I put the one-year challenge out to you. If you come for a year and be a part, I guarantee you your life will be changed. I said earlier, I thought when we got married, we're going to start a church immediately. And God said, no, you have to wait 10 years. 
Who knows what would have happened to our marriage, what would have happened to the ministry if we had just gone in. You can have a word and you can be anointed, but have you gone through the process? You know what's the thing with development? Sometimes it feels very insignificant. Why am I going through this when I know I'm right, when I know I'm anointed? I mean, go read there. He was already brave. He was a warrior. He could speak. He could do everything. God says, no, we have to develop you. Turn to the person next to you, smile at them and say, appreciate the process. Anointing and crowning are two different things. You can be anointed, but not yet appointed. He knew that he was called, but he understood he had to go through a time of development. I mean, he becomes the king's armor bearer. It's almost like when I look at this, he's the anointed one, and they're using his anointing for their benefit. Am I talking to the right people here? He's using his anointing to look after his father's sheep. He's using his anointing to protect his father's sheep. Using that anointing to kill the lion and the bear. He's using his anointing to serve Saul that when the demon torments him, He's playing his instrument and the demon is fleeing. I mean, just think about that. You're anointed as the new king using your anointing to help the king. There's a whole sermon in that. Using his anointing to be the armor bearer. Acts 13 verse 36 says that David served his generation. David developed a servant's heart, not in the palace, but in the pastures. That's where he got his servant heart. When nobody was watching, when nobody saw him. Can I just say, young people, don't miss an opportunity to serve. When you know God has anointed you and called you, serve. I was an usher for years. A matter of fact, the church where I served as an usher, they didn't even know my name. They knew me as the guy who gets the pastor's jacket. And they say, Pastor Bernard, who's Pastor Bernard? The guy who gets the jacket. Oh, the jacket bearer. <laughs> People might not know your name, but God knows your name. Amen. Being a shepherd is what helped him to become a great king. Because when he protected the sheep of his father, God was training him to protect God's people. When he arrived on the battlefield, it was his nature to protect. That's why when he came on the battlefield, the eighth son, which means covenant, the first thing that he said is, he says, why is this man who's not in covenant, this uncircumcised Philistine who's standing in unrighteousness, why is he defiling God? Are we not in covenant? Shepherds lead. 
Shepherds have got vision to see beyond what the sheep see so that they can give guidance, so that they can give direction. Shepherd has got a heart to keep the flock together, to protect them. You know, when the lion attacks sheep is when they've wandered away. But when they stay close, cannot happen. You're more vulnerable when you're not connected, when you're not part. That's when the enemy can attack you. As I'm preaching this, I'm just getting more and more sermon topics out of this. It was a natural thing for him to protect Israel from Goliath. Says, I'm in covenant. God had developed him so much. He knew God's voice. He knew that the Lord was his shepherd. He didn't get that revelation in the palace. He got that revelation in the pastures. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm, I'm a victor. I'm not a victim. I'm going over. I'm not going under. When a lion wants to attack me, God will be my shield. That anointing upon me is not just to kill a lion and a bear. It can also kill a giant. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Turn to the person next to you and say, I know you're an anointed one. You're in a process. You're on your way to the palace. David knew how to protect the sheep. He knew how to give clean water, lead them to clean grass, because he found that in God. And that's why he could be that to the people. Pastoring is all about leading people, protecting people. That's what God is looking for right now as pastors, people that will shepherd his people so that the church can be ready for his second coming. How do we feed the sheep? We feed the sheep with the word of God. That's what the word of Timothy, 2 Timothy teaches us. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Enoch, training in righteousness. What does that mean? What is righteousness? Righteousness is the way how the kingdom of God operates. Matthew 6 verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. David knew that God was with him, listening to him, because the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are attentive to their prayers, their cries. It's the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. You need to be trained in righteousness. How many of you messed up this week? Just be honest. Got offended? Some road rage? Got angry with a colleague at work? Should I go on? Have we covered everybody? Did I miss something? Show those three. You can mess up and still know that the righteousness of God is in your heart. Amen? Righteousness is not what you've done, but what Jesus has done. 
Righteousness is a position that we hold in Christ Jesus. We confess with our mouths and we believe with our hearts. With our mouths we make confession unto salvation, but with our hearts we believe unto righteousness. David believed that the righteousness of God was his shield and his protection. That's why he could walk out onto that battlefield. A matter of fact, before the time, if, when, you, when you take some time and go read it there, when he gets there, they say, the man who's going to kill this uncircumcised Philistine is going to get a lot of money, can marry the king's daughter, and his family will never have to pay taxes again. He says, what? I have to kill an uncircumcised Philistine, and I'm going to get all of these things? This can be too easy. Let me just make sure. What's going to happen? To the person that kills this uncircumcised Philistine, this can be too easy. You're getting a lot of money. You marry the king's daughter. Your family never has to pay taxes. He says, what? No, no, no. I have to his brother even hears that. His brother says, what are you doing here? I know your evil, wicked heart. Why are you here? Be careful of the voices of your brothers when you know God is making something easy for you. Am I talking to the right people here? Sometimes we're listening too much to what the giants are saying and too little what God has deposited on the inside. When God has anointed you and appointed you and His presence is with you, He'll take you in a moment from just being an ordinary person to doing something extraordinary. The difference between Saul and David was Saul had a heart that did not want to repent. He wanted all the glory, but David was quick to repent. David walked in righteousness where Saul did not walk in righteousness. That's something that you don't see with your eyes, but it's something that manifests from your heart. Why was it so important? Because when you know that God has made you righteous, it brings an awareness of God's power. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, it avails much. Righteousness brings an awareness of God's power. That's why David said, you don't have to clothe me with all these things, Saul. I'm not familiar with this. I cannot walk around with this. Just leave me the way I am. With God, I can face whatever I have to face. That kind of courage to go face a giant, it's not your default setting. That kind of courage is when you're on your own in the pasture and nobody sees you, where the Holy Spirit will start to minister to you. When the lion comes and you know, okay, I can face this lion. When the bear comes and you know you can face that bear and those things become spiritual beacons in your life, then when you publicly face a giant, you know God has given me the victory there, God has given me the victory there. He allowed the anointing to teach him. He allowed the anointing to develop his character on the inside. What are you doing with the anointing of God? Are you allowing it to teach you? It was on that battlefield where the anointing taught David. The Holy Spirit said to him, I mean, just think about it. Would anybody have blamed him if he said, Dad, there was a lion here today, killed one of your sheep? Hey, my boy, that was a good decision. Just stay away from the lions. But it was there where he developed courage, where he said, God, you've anointed me. I'm going to be king. I'm going to rule Israel. There's a lion coming against the sheep. Can I take him? The Holy Spirit said, take him. There's a bear. 
this bear, I know you gave me the victory with the lion. Can you give me bear? Take him. 1 John 2, 27 says, As for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. What happened with David when he got anointed? The Holy Spirit remained with him, abided with him. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. That doesn't mean you don't come to church and receive the word of God because we've said the word of God is there for teaching. Amen? It just means that when you're on your own, the Holy Spirit is there to lead you and to guide you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things... And is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you abide in him. I'm not even going to go to John 15 that says, when the word of God abides in you and you abide in it, you'll ask of him whatever you want and he will do it. It was in the pastures David discovered what it meant to be a shepherd. It was in the pastures he discovered that the Lord is the good shepherd. He knew how to protect. He knew how to lead. He knew that the Lord will provide. Even though they didn't acknowledge him, he never became a victim. He was a victor. Because he knew the Lord was the one that would provide for him. David found purpose in looking after the sheep. Let me just say that. Our purpose is in looking after people. Our purpose here is to build people, not buildings. Amen? Yes, we thank God for this beautiful building, but it's about the people. The people that's coming. How do we build the people up? Building people up. Help them to reach their full potential. Amen? I mean, when I look at this, David's dad, I mean, Saul called him a boy. Who's this boy? I mean, when he went on the battlefield, uh, Goliath called him a dog. Have you sent a dog to me? I mean, <laughs> the poor man, he knew what God had said about him. Amen. Doesn't care what people say about you. God said to, to Jeremiah, stop saying that you're too young. Stop saying that you're too young. When I've anointed you, when I've appointed you, do what I've called you to do. Amen. Appreciate the process. Let God take you through the process and appreciate it. Let it develop you. Get your heart ready. David was a man after God's own heart. I want to talk to people here. You know that God has called you to do things. Allow him to take you through the process so that you can do what you have to do. Let me close in this. There's no destiny without development. There's no destiny without development. When you're anointed for a purpose, wait for the appointment. When you're anointed for a purpose, wait for the appointment. Don't skip the gun because when you've not been developed correctly, it can be fatal. You know what's the good news? Maybe you sit here a little bit frustrated because of that development, but there's no wasted seasons with God. Amen? There's no wasted seasons with God. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that God calls us all things to work together for the good to those who love Him, to those who are called according to His purpose. It's no wasted moments. God is busy developing you, strengthening you. It was Isaiah that wrote in Isaiah 61, Jesus said exactly the same in the book of Luke. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. The anointing that God gives you is to serve and to help people. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal 
the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. The anointing is for a purpose. It's not just for you to look good. Amen? It's not just to get goosebumps. It's to help people. That process of development is never insignificant. Let God do what He wants to do. Amen? That season that you find yourself in, pastoring the sheep, routine. Running, doing praise and worship, routine. Running, being an armor bearer, routine. Let that grace and let that anointing work in you and through you, developing your character. That's what shaped David. He understood that the Lord was a good shepherd when he was in the pastures. Amen. I want to close with this. If you want to finish strong, if you want to go to that greatness, you have to maintain what God has given you. Don't waste the oil. Don't waste the oil. But let the oil that God has given you, let it flow. When you look at the example of the widow, when the man of God came to her, it's while the oil was flowing, while the oil was flowing, being poured, as soon as the vessels were not there anymore, the oil stopped. So as long as the oil was being poured into vessels, flowing, it was there. Amen? Call the elders, let them anoint you. When there's oil, let it flow. Use the oil that God has given you and go and witness, go and minister to people. Use that oil, protect that oil with everything. Amen? It's not just the outward anointing, but let the Holy Spirit remain with you. When the Spirit is with you, He will lead you in all things. This is the secret of success. Amen. When God has anointed you, appreciate that anointing. Appreciate the process. Let God work in you and through you. If you're not yet appointed, don't get frustrated. Say, Lord, thank you. You are busy with the process. You're busy developing me. You're busy shaping me. If God allows you to go into the palace and you know you're supposed to be king, be faithful to serve the king. Even if it feels like they're using you for your anointing. Am I talking to the right people here? The anointing is there to serve, not to be served. And David had those opportunities of glimpses into the palace, using it to serve the king. He's anointed to be king, but he's serving the king. Amen. Let God use that anointing in you to work in you, with you, through you, so that you can become the great person that God has planned for you. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.